0: This is the one with a PR disaster.
1: Two hearts, one happy and one sad. The tally. A nuclear option that might backfire.
0: And a disappearing act of grace. It's called Revolution
1: of the Daleks. Here Here we
0: go. (laughs) Whistle on our epic phrase All through time and all through space We're slipping and angels now Darling, Cyber, Zood and WOW Counting Sonic's rating apps From the poor to the sublime
1: Eccleston to Whittaker Let's agree it's about time
0: Who back when? Reviewing
1: on you who there is Who
0: back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes please
1: Rose and Donna Amy Pond, Rory, Clara And beyond Join, Join us on this See what other choice could there be But
0: who back when? Who back when? Who back when? Ladies and gentlemen, and all between and beyond, welcome to yet another fantastic 2021-themed episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast, or Doc Pasts. That's right. This is a re review of Revolution of the Daleks N166. And do you know the chap across the table from me two years ago said we would be re reviewing this in two years' time, and he was right. Oh, what a clever chap. And that clever <laughs> chap is none other than Leon. Hello. Yes, it is I. Hello, Drew.
1: Hello, Podcast Land.
0: Hello, Podcast Land. I am Drew back, where guys, you know I hate countdowns, but we have got just <laughs> 10 new Who episodes to go before we catch up. Is that a fact? Yep. Is a genuine fact. Wow. Right. One of these, six of flux and three specials of varying quality.
1: And a partridge
0: in a pear tree. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Holy Smogs, 10. Well, I feel like we're pretty much done already, because we've done this one already. We did basically the first two episodes of Flux. Maybe Flux overall. At the end of Recap, we did either The Daleks, Power of the Doctor, who wants to watch Legend of the Sea Devils again? So are, I do. With we... you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're not done after all, Podcast Land. Well, first things first, our previous review of this episode, yep. B070. Yes. Some talking over each other aside, it's a fearless deconstruction of what makes this episode and the 13th era so rubbish, I think. While it's outstandingly negative, it's one of our best instant reaction reviews, so go listen to that.
1: Yes, if if you haven't heard it already, do. We were talking about it just before pressing record, and yeah, it's a little bit of a fave, actually. Yeah,
0: Marie takes no prisoners. Jim has the precision criticism of a sniper. Leon goes all
1: death particle. Oh my, I, I, I do think I'm a little too harsh. <laughs> <laughs> but I had the wherewithal at the time to include an introductory apology. Yeah, yeah,
0: and in hindsight, merited. Yes, I think so. (laughs) But still, it's a lot of fun and we hope to be supplementary fun today. Fun fact.
1: So when I was putting together the document for this episode Mm -hmm. and I was looking through our inbox, "Mm, have we received any listener minis for this one? I found an email that I'd completely forgotten about that we received two years ago. (laughs) Oh. And it was someone who listened to the first, I don't know, first few minutes of the episode and went, nope, I'm done. (laughs)
0: with us yeah (laughs) these
1: guys hate chibbers so much I can't stand it and he stopped I might cut that out of this
0: episode well, had, <laughs> But yeah, FYI Had he been on board for a while? <laughs> yeah, I think so Oh, goodness Yeah, yeah, we lost someone Oh, well And, if and you're... I also
1: realise If you're still listening yeah. Then I'm so sorry I never got back to you I definitely meant to And I might actually now Two years later That I've been reminded of your email I'm so sorry
0: Yeah, and if you're listening to us now As a result of that email We're going to be fairer tonight
1: Absolutely Yeah Yeah, that's the plan anyway
0: Yeah The trauma of the pandemic in 2020 Is not so fresh and real
1: No, to be fair This episode makes very little sense But Mm-mm. But
0: there will be introductory questions, certainly. <laughs> but what? <laughs> <laughs> and when? Perhaps after we've recounted a bee girl. Yeah. Oh, let's. Time
1: for us to synopsize, and summarize. So take a view and, and grab a brick and listen to this
0: overview. This free for all, we like to call a, a bite chunk of who? who? Bite sized chunk of who? After the events of Resolution of the Dalek, as the fam obliviously indulged in 007-themed shenanigans, the corrupt half of the two people working at GCHQ handed the remains of the reconnaissance Dalek to Mr. Big of Spiders in Sheffield fame. Similar to GCHQ, Captain of Industry Jack Robertson's company also only employs two people, and the not-Mr. Big half of them sets about revolutionising the Dalek to form the basis of a new prototype security drone, with a suspiciously Dalek-sized hole.
1: One year later, the aforementioned corrupt official is now somehow still not the worst Prime Minister and about to level up Britain's security by unilaterally rolling out said security drones nationwide. Obviously, the Dalek has gotten itself cloned in the meantime, though, and with Doc still stuck in a space prison, there's no one around to prevent the Earth from getting invaded from within. Nope, spoke too soon. Actual Captain Jack just broke her out of there with a breakout ball and a quick dart of Arknus. Okay, tension
0: resolved. Me over, you are, are welcome. welcome.
1: Aren't you just? Aren't you just? This episode is gonna
0: be money.
1: <laughs> is that your Mr. Big? Well, it should be, but <laughs> I'll
0: disclaim it. Yeah, before you jump in with the opening questions, uh-huh, of which yeah. there will be many, and yep, they yep, will yep. all be justified my favorite part is when the dalek rolls out and it's tech secretary and leo and mr big yeah and they're the, on the bridge yeah there's the demonstration and it's yeah. it starts off really sinister because it's so plausible and then mr big says i still think using gas would have been fine <laughs> and then five <laughs> seconds later people are writhing around in agony and leo has the biggest grin on his face as he yells <laughs> it's zippy it's funny and it's just one of many great Mr. Big Bad's back moments in this episode.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, that is definitely one of my my favorite scenes. I enjoyed him in all the ways that I did not in Spiders and Sheffield. Do elaborate. Well, he's just fun. He really leans into this character in this episode, whereas in Spiders and Sheffield, he just does a caricature. He does a caricature of, of Trump in that one,
0: and here he's just he's a lovely Trump Musk mix. Yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> and I think maybe after Spiders in Sheffield, he realized that a lot of this is BS. And he's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to have fun with this role. Yeah.
0: And he really does. Yeah. Well done, man. he definitely given up on coming back a third time. So why not leave it all on the screen?
1: Yeah, sorted. Hey, it's a paycheck.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to be restrained and austere. I'm going to be fierce where once I was just peevish. I'm going to be completely sarcastic where once I was just a little cutting. Yeah. Yeah. He dials it up and yeah. I really did find myself warming to him.
1: I can imagine what it was like behind the scenes as well. So, cast your mind back to Spiders in Sheffield. He's just been part of the production. He's probably come out of it thinking, well, I thought Doctor Who was a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Did he? I hear it's been around since the 60s. It's meant to have a massive fan base. It's meant to be really good. I was just in a pile of trash. I don't understand what's going on. And they cast me as, I think, possibly a slightly anti-American slash xenophobic version of an American. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about this. I guess I got paid, but fine. So then he probably spends a good amount of time thinking, I will never do this again. And then the BBC comes knocking again, and he probably doesn't want to do it again, but they must have told him, we loved you, man. Your character. There's a whole arc to him. No, this is this is your opportunity to really deepen this character. Flesh
0: him out. And be topical on both sides of the Atlantic.
1: Exactly, but still <laughs> just one side of the aisle. <laughs> but,
0: but yeah, absolutely. And here he is. Having a blast. Yeah. Well done, man. All right, all right. We've delayed long enough. Hit me with a question.
1: Okay, can I ask a really just high-level one, which I think we
0: sort of touched upon in the first review? Uh, 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 Go ahead. And that is,
1: this is a seasonal special. Yes. This is a New Year special. Not a Christmas special. Festive special. Festive special. Did it seem like one to you?
0: Oh, no. What? There was a mention (laughs) of New Year when Yaz had been in the house TARDIS. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. For well, possibly exactly one year, the calendar had flipped, and she had no idea because she herself was pretty close to flipping.
1: Yeah, and we had a recollection of the Dalek ship exploding, and that being treated as fireworks.
0: Oh but that's not the case. No, it, you dreamt it, that?
1: I definitely did. It <laughs> explodes. It looks for a second as though it might turn into fireworks, but then it doesn't. Like at the end of Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't I promise you this is what Will Smith sounds like? Didn't I promise you, Rokes kid? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was a serious self slap, by the way, (laughs) you podcast lamb. Wow, your your commitment to your craft, Drew. Well done. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I would answer whatever question you were asking but I give myself concussions so where were
1: we so it doesn't feel festive to you but so what is what's missing from it to make it festive
0: absolutely anything festive absolutely <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be snow and tinsel like in the RTD era and robot Santas but there is absolutely nothing to distinguish this from April or June I don't know what time of year it is yeah they tend to be slightly more playful right and this
1: one is oh in
0: tone as well in yeah. tone yeah and this one it is not maybe Mr. Big and Leo aside, this tone is unremittingly Netflix-era
1: bleak. Yeah, certainly. Yeah.
0: Slash Game of Thrones gritty.
1: Yeah, actually, a lot of people die in this one.
0: Chibbers clearly thinks there's something to be derived from the juxtaposition of a happy new year, everybody, with really nasty stuff. Yeah. He's doubling down on what he did in Resolution. And the nasty tone kind of worked there as one of its plus points, and maybe again here, but it doesn't make it festive in any way. No, It's just a placeholder to sort of excuse decreasing frequency with which we receive episodes. Like like when they're finding reasons to call the latest three the festive special, the Easter special. And those two were filmed at the exact same time as Flux, by the way. So that that would have been all one block Back in the day, but now they're really having to stretch it out. And then the BBC Centenary special, "The Power of the Doctor." Like, what anniversary can we find to keep people <laughs> hanging on and not getting annoyed? As if we're doing this deliberately right, due to the lack of quality scripts.
1: Quality scripts, but also probably there's some funding. But I mean, oh, sure, no. It's no. the same way that anything works that costs money to produce for an audience. If you don't have an audience, the further production of that product isn't legitimised. So you need to build the audience, but you're you're reduced funding to produce new content reduces the size of the audience and in turn you're no longer justified in producing more content
0: unfortunately what you're describing is the decline phase of the product cycle.
1: well yeah that's exactly that's exactly what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- this is why yeah this is this is why so full stop
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be too harsh on Chibbers, though, because no. I think he genuinely listened to our podcast. Or if not genuinely listened to our podcast, I think he was a guy of similar sensibilities to us. And do you know how I know this? No. Because while Armin, the first family tie death in this episode, oh yeah, the lorry driver... Oh, is that his name? Yeah. Yep. He is briefly driving the Dalek around, and we hear the radio in his cab, in his lorry. And I think it's playing just a minute. Oh my goodness I think we first hear Paul Merton's voice Then there's some Laughter and applause And then Tony Hawks And what other show Would give that combination?
1: Chibbers Thank you for listening If you haven't listened to What was it? B070? Yeah Then don't listen to it
0: (laughs) No (laughs) No
1: no Don't worry about it Don't worry about it Yeah And thank you for listening Really Okay
0: It was was cool I liked it I was like Oh I should look this up For trivia And I was delighted
1: That is lovely Yeah We should do another one Of those by the way
0: Yeah we should Yeah (laughs) (laughs) Hit me with another question You promised me loads Okay.
1: Something that I know that I brought up in the first review, I didn't bring up fully. Okay. I mentioned, oh, wow, there are only two people working at GCHQ. Yeah. And one of them is the minister. <laughs> like <it's>, it, <laughs> it, it seems really weird. Actually, there's only one person at GCHQ. The minister is just there paying his salary. Yeah. And then we get Mr. Big. He only has one employee as well. Yeah. What okay. about the British government? There's a new PM.
0: As there is every week, in reality as well as in Doctor Who. Yeah, oh, certainly. And this PM has replaced
1: all policemen, all security staff rolled something out without consulting Parliament hasn't spoken to there is no one else around Mm. she's standing outside of number 10 she doesn't even have a podium I think like she's literally just outside of number 10 there's not even a podium guy
0: yeah that's right well those podiums cost about 4,000 as Liz Truss found it oh really yeah right she's
1: the perfect autocrat dude you see I don't like this okay I get what you're saying and and I I can sort of halfway sympathize with the idea of right, we want to craft this caricature of a despot in a sense and so So, therefore, there should be no one else's opinion. But the way, to me anyway, and maybe I just need a more stereotypical portrayal of a despot, but the way that you portray a despot to me is you have them ignore someone else's
0: opinion. Oh, right. So, for example... Run roughshod. Well, you have... It's
1: not like, oh, yeah, I'm the new PM now, and as my first decree, I've abolished Parliament. There's just me. Houses of Parliament and Podia no more, you know. No, there's still a whole system of government. Yeah, It just seems really, I don't want to say that it seems really unrealistic, but it seems really naive that we can say, hey, fast forward one year, and now all of a sudden this has happened because it just wouldn't.
0: Ah, see, I think that's interesting because I reached the exact opposite conclusion in my notes. Oh, interesting. Which is like, this is where the securitization discourse ultimately ends up. Like, no, we can't possibly provide the services we used to provide because of efficiencies and rationalization nationalization and oh i know we'll make up some economic reason as as if that's the driver absolutely everything because that's what i'm guessing she was probably a tory prime minister oh Maybe. What on
1: earth makes you say that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it just seemed to me like that could be a possible future. And yeah. Okay. I'm sure I could poke holes in Viva Vendetta. Oh, wait. Aren't we living it? Oh, get back to me in five years and mm-hmm. we'll see if there are robot security drones flying everywhere. <laughs> and, and I we'll... shaved my head. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I found her speech some of the better writing of the episode. I thought I could imagine some Tory despot one day giving a similar kind of reason for a similar disturbing development
1: yeah i see what you're saying and to a degree i do i I do agree with you i certainly agree with you that that was well written dialogue monologue (laughs) soliloquy (laughs) material it's just that it echoes the same kind of cheapness That's saying, we're now in Japan, but we don't see anyone here. We're now at GCHQ, and there's literally no one around. We are now at the government. There's a prime minister, because the prime minister is the symbol of government. So that's really all we need. If we have her on screen, that's just like having the two sides of the aisle shouting at each other.
0: Yeah. I looked some cast members up on IMDb. Yeah. And what I found is this 71-minute episode... Yeah. Has ten actors, plus Nick Briggs, and then extras. Ten. That's not a cast list. That's...
1: And of those ten, four are companions. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Half is the fam. Yeah. Four plus doc. That's redonkulous. Yeah.
0: And I don't know whether it's due to secrecy or just skinning the budget within an inch of its life. Wait, 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 wait. Who are the other five? We've got, got Mr.
1: Big. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. We've got Mr. Big. We've got Joe, the tech sex slash
0: PM. Yeah, we've got Leo. Leo.
1: We've got the driver who's killed almost instantly. We've got the yep. kiosk lady who is there for 30 seconds. Who else? That's it.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much that's it. That's freaking it. Yeah.
1: So it's actually just Big oh, and Captain Jack.
0: Oh, but we Yeah, but he's happy. one of the
1: companions. So it's literally just Big Joe and Leo and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no wonder it seems really See, this is one of the reasons I can't take this episode seriously. It doesn't feel like
0: it's a fleshed out world. No, no, it doesn't. They've cut it too close to the bone. Yeah. This time. And I get that you wouldn't want to show anything going through Parliament necessarily, but you could have a cabinet meeting. Yeah. A quick cabinet meeting where some people express disquiet and she just, on a wave of political momentum and ideological fervour, just completely slams him down. You're like, oh wow, she's a formidable foe. That would build her up a bit more. Absolutely. She probably did need an extra scene to feel really threatening rather than just a Theresa May cipher.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then she's killed rather abruptly as well. Yeah. She doesn't get a moment to die. <laughs> She's just exterminated. She's not like,
0: I fall forward onto knees. That's it. Skeleton, boom, gone. Yeah,
1: that's it. She doesn't even get a moment to regret.
0: Well, in a way, that is quite shocking, isn't it? Because it just proves the Daleks will shoot anyone. They don't care about anyone. Nobody is safe. So yeah. everybody is in perils. There is a purpose to that, I could perceive. I guess So I bet you didn't expect it.
1: No, I didn't expect it. That is true, but it happens a little too suddenly.
0: That's the point.
1: You know what? You didn't even need to have other actors on board to portray the cabinet, the government, the whatever. Mm -hmm. Just have her mention to Big that she has had those conversations.
0: Yeah, add it to that quite effective woodland shakedown scene. Yeah,
1: I really like that scene, by the way. Yeah, me too. It's a really, actually, that's a really solid scene. For some reason, it had Coen Brothers mafia vibes. Yeah. Thank you. The cat that's a pretty nice comparison. Yeah, absolutely. Well done, Chibbers, and whoever directed this. Like, seriously, well
0: done. I'll tell you who directed it. It was Lee Haven-Jones. Bravo, Lee. And you got the sense of those two going head-to-head. Yeah. And each one trying to undercut the other and really just, I don't know, contending. Like, it felt like that was some of the best interaction we got. Yeah, and then... Because one's reaction informed the other's counter-reaction, and that is something that is often missing <laughs> from the... Free- Framework like scripts of this era.
1: Yeah. And there were a couple of instances where I was thinking to myself, well, why does Big accept the Prime Minister's demands? You know, why why does he uh, acquiesce to her conditions? And why does she need him, dot, dot, dot? And in that one scene, in fact, in all of their scenes together, but in that one scene in particular, there are multiple occasions where they just acknowledge that they both are massively aware, even so far as to have a paper trail that confirms that each other is a massive bastard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and I love that. I think that's really, really good. That's nice. It's like, yeah. yeah, you're a bad guy, I'm a bad guy too. Right, well, I guess no one else can find out, so let's be bad guys together.
0: Yeah, and so you've got it working on two levels. You've got them, yeah. they desperately want to beat the other, but they kind of also respect the villainy of the other, and so they are just enjoying playing the game, and the profits that will accrue, and the power, that'll be a nice little softener. Like, they can yeah. live with not crushing this, this rival, because they'll jostle some more later on. Mm-hmm. and. and... You- <laughs> it's a long-term kind of relationship. I like it. It feels lived in, rather than just in service of a beat. Yes,
1: and in contrast to the world that they inhabit. Mm-hmm. Because that still does not feel lived in to me. The thing is, we did cover a lot of this ground in our first review. I'm a little hesitant to go into familiar ground.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've got something different then. Oh, let's hear it. We didn't really talk about Jack breaking dock out or her prison experience particularly oh yeah that's true yeah i've got a retro rewrite for you (laughs) oh i want to hear that straight away
1: no 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 no. i please i don't want to derail you where where were you going with this i'm so sorry
0: well my first quibble maybe my last we'll see is Jack took 19 years to get the cell next to Doc. Yeah. Once you've got someone in a cell and they're locked up forever, why are you moving? Is he requesting that? Why would they listen to his requests? How on earth has he gone in with this plan and got this far?
1: That's an incredibly good question. Wait, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. I hadn't even considered that he's in the adjacent cell. He's, he's the sorry. one knocking on the wall. Did he not hide the squareness gun in... Oh, sorry, in Whatever it
0: is Vortex manipulator That's it
1: In his cell He hid that in a different cell
0: Oh I don't know They run a lot And end up somewhere else That's all I know Because if he was in the
1: adjacent cell And he has one of those Breakout balls is that what it's called? Yes, yeah. which he definitely does. Yeah. Why not use that when they're in the adjacent cells? <laughs> <laughs> like, why wait until they're in the middle of the prison to then run back to the cell co- structure, that, that compound? Why not just use it when there's literally just one wall between you? Boom. Knock out a message in Morse code that says something like, hey, doc, this is what I want you to do. I want you to stay away. By the way, I've got a, co- a thing called a breakout ball. Cool name, right? Okay, it's going to happen. <laughs> You're going to have so and so many seconds. We have no time to dilly dally. The code is left, right, forward, punch, punch, jump. And That then... is what they do. And then he does it. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. No. Okay. Uh,
0: by the way, I hate his temporal freezing gateway disinhibitor bubble even more than the squareness gun. Do you? Yes. <laughs> because it's basically the squareness gun in motion. Yeah. I mean, it's time limited, sure, but it doesn't make any damn sense. He pops it around himself, Yep. then everything should freeze, but it doesn't because he absorbs the doctor into it.
1: Oh my god, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so she's immune to it for whatever reason. You're right, yeah. Yeah
0: for whatever reason because it needs to work yeah. and and it just makes a mockery of confinement of any kind and thanks. of space technology. No, technology but you're right what you're is so impossible right? once you have this ball this is the D and no
1: clip and D and cross equivalents <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Duke Nukem and Doom are the two games that I can think of that had this these cheat codes if you okay. so, if when you played Doom old school D- Doom if you typed in D and no clip then you could walk through walls okay. and if you typed in D and cross, K-R-O-Z then you were invincible. Oh, right. This is what they do. He types in, oh, fuck it, do yeah, a no clip. And then they can run
0: through yeah, walls. The frozen. universe bends to his will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, if it works on walls, why does it work on the floor? Why don't they just start falling through to the bottom of the prison? Yeah.
1: Okay. So I have, can I get into my, my retro rewrite? For oh, this? please. The reason for this is twofold. The first reason for it is Yaz. Yaz starts off on an arc of figuring out how the TARDIS works because she wants to rescue the doc, but then she never does. In fact, she de- never does either. She doesn't figure out how to work the TARDIS. She doesn't rescue Doc.
0: We never see her attempt to work a single control on that house TARDIS.
1: Exactly. No, it's bullshit. She has all these post-it notes everywhere, but for all we know, every single one of them is nonsense. And we don't even get the satisfaction of her going, ah, oh, damn you post-it notes and taking them all off because they're wrong. We get none of
0: it. Yeah. She may as well be writing all TARDIS and no Doc make it as a dull character. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, she has wasted... 10 months. Yep. Wasted them. And at least for me as an audience member, that is deeply dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. So that's reason one. And reason two is when they are in not Sharda in Nada, it seems to me like... This is such an interesting place to be. When do we get Doc in the prison? Those few moments that we have of her in the prison, I love them. The right. production values are gorgeous. It's such a stunning atmosphere. She's so massively depressed in there. She's doing the tally, as you pointed out, on yeah. the wall. She knows all the other people in the different cells or in the little... Yeah, hey, you've got 10 minutes in your electro square, whatever, in that grid. She knows everyone there because she's been there for decades. It's... Such an interesting environment. It's such a new environment. Let's stay in it.
0: Yeah, let's not break Pierce Brosnan out straight away and then mount ridiculous... Scenes Scenes <laughs> with invisible cars, which are almost as stupid as Breakout out. And roles. a dude
1: who, for some reason, decides not to take diamonds out of his face. <laughs> you know what? Bond henchman in worst Bond movie ever? Here's what you do. You retire, and once every five years, you pluck a pimple out of your face and you pay for a new house. Right. Okay. So back We'll to- do the Die Another Day podcast later. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it's called Die Back When, and we're going to have fun.
0: Yeah, right. And we'll so- do it another day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's what I'm thinking for the retro rewrites. Because I really want to spend more time in this prison... I'm thinking we should have devoted about half of the episode to the prison break, except that what I'm envisioning is that Doc spent the past 19 years or however long meticulously planning her escape. And just as she is about to execute said escape plan, Captain Jack shows up to save her, because he has also been doing this, unbeknownst to her, maybe in uh, gradually closing in on her adjacent cells, yeah. and because he jumps in just at that moment, he inadvertently sabotages her escape plan. So they try to escape together, but their attempt fails. However, right before they are put in a shared cell in which we can have lots of fun bands. They're like chained to adjacent walls or opposite walls. We can have lots of bands. Right before (laughs) then, Doc manages to use some of Captain Jack's tech to send one single fragmented message back to the other TARDIS. Right, Yaz intercepts it, deciphers said message, Because she is adamant, we have Graham Graham, Graham and Ryan together are Graham. Graham say, listen, (laughs) Yaz, that's just like weird space static. Just ignore it. And she's like, no, I spent 10 months. I figured lots of stuff out. I can see a pattern here. This all makes sense. These post-it notes make sense now. She deciphers it. And thanks to- She deciphers
0: it via the TARDIS exactly via all sorts of different wibbles and wobbles and thanks to the fact that
1: she pays attention to Doc's message and thanks to the fact that she has invested 10 months into trying to figure out and communicate with the TARDIS she is able to now maneuver the TARDIS she takes Graham all the way to this (laughs) prison and she breaks out Doc and Jack together nice that's what I wanted to see and that would have been like act 1 and act 2 of this episode but in act 2 While we get to see her figuring this out and breaking them out, we also get to see action behind the scenes on Earth. With the Dalek escaping and the Dalek setting up all the infrastructure and whatever else.
0: All that uh, continuing in parallel.
1: Exactly. And when they come back to Earth, it's like, oh, thank goodness, I'm finally back home. Now I can finally relax after a couple of decades behind bars. Oh, wow. They turn on the TV and it's a news report about Daleks. And that's how she gets like, oh, no rest for the doc, I guess. (laughs) And then she gets drawn back into it.
0: I have only two notes. Please. And one might be a realization of an answer to my earlier question. Jack keeps getting put in the wrong cell. So what he does yeah. is he gets himself killed. And oh they think, nice. Oh, he's dead. Well, we'll we'll drop him down the chute. He wakes up in the chute he gets out of the prison that way. He yep. goes, commits more crimes. Yes. He gets put back in a different cell. He's like, still not the right one. I love that. Repeat and over and over again. That's the kind of thing that they can talk about
1: while they're sharing a cell. He'll have flashbacks to all the different crimes he's committed. Yeah, yeah. This is so much better an episode. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> that You know what? I'm not trying to be a hater about about the episode that we watched, but the one that we just crafted the, around this table,
0: way better. <laughs> and, and the multiple deaths allows for a a perfectly Rick and Morty-like sequence. Yes, you could have so much fun with that concept. Yeah. So much fun. Yes, I'm going to pause before my second note to say Captain Jack needed to be more fun in this episode. Mr. Big is plenty fun. Captain Jack in Fugitive of the Jadoon, plenty fun. Here, not so fun.
1: Oh, I think I, I disagree with you. I liked him more in this episode than I did in Fugitive of the Jadoon. Well, he
0: was more one-note and hyperactive in Fugitive of the Jadoon. Yeah. Jadoon, certainly. Yeah. Okay, do you <laughs> think Captain Jack's <laughs> new range, do you think John Barrowman rose to the challenge uh, Captain Jack, w- wait, what new range? <laughs> when he has the sensitive, sullen scene with Yaz, like oh. he's talk- he's interrogating her as to why she shoved Doc and the depth of her feelings and, and going through all of that. Does that scene work for
1: you? Well, no, okay. because oh. I don't think I agree with you about it tackling the depth of her feelings.
0: Oh, sure, sure.
1: Because I really don't think it does. I- he talks about...
0: Sorry, I was thinking of a world where Yaz's relationship with the Doctor was handled adequately. (laughs) No, it really was not. If he compares
1: Yaz to himself as someone who travelled with Doc...
0: Which makes sense, because he is a massive ego, and he, in considering anyone else's life, he cannot escape the gravitational pull of his own self-regard.
1: It, 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 that is probably very, very fair, yes, that is true. But I think also, in fairness, he has travelled through space and time with Doc. Most people haven't. Yaz has. So he can probably relate to that in a different way. But the way that he tries to convey to her yeah, no, I get it, is not to say, yeah, I get it. It's very difficult not to hold someone like the Doctor in the highest possible regards mm-hmm. or to maybe even develop feelings or whatever it might be. Like, really, really come to adore, in in every sense of the word, adore someone as resourceful and amazing and clever and fun and, and, and good and charming and lovely as the Doctor. It's really just to say, it's such an exciting lifestyle with Doc. And then when <laughs> you don't have it, of course, it's really sad. No, 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 because Ryan is in the same boat, and Ryan has spent that time away from the exciting lifestyle, and now just wants out.
0: Does he? And we'll get to that.
1: Yeah, okay, we'll get to that. But either way, it, that's equating Yaz with Ryan, and Graham, yeah, and any other companion, and that's unfair, I think. Or, or rather, it's unobservant of Captain Jack. If he wants to be really egocentric about it, he could say, I reckon that, recognize that look in your face, I've had many people think of me that way. Oh yes. And, and then he can talk about like, listen, I meet lots of regular mortals along the way across <laughs> space and time. I have a girlfriend, boyfriend, tentacle friend in every port in every era, yeah, and I see that look a lot, sometimes it's mutual. Just yeah, give, yeah, her, a yeah, yeah. give yeah. her a nudge of hope.
0: Give he, her a nudge of hope. He responded to that. And yes, you want to mark Yaz out as exceptional in a way that isn't just Graham saying, you know what, Yaz? You really are exceptional. We're all companions, and you're the exception. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you're an exceptional young woman, Yaz, in that you're exceptional. I <laughs> mean, to it. So yeah, put the Captain Jack ego-twisted spin on it. I love it the thing i noticed in the jack scene was mm-hmm. when john barryman has to deliver an observation an insight of some emotional depth he starts shaking his head He starts shaking his head from side to side and <laughs> just a little bit and and he can't keep still and he just does that and it really? the whole scene and it was so distracting
1: i didn't notice yeah now i will never think of anything sorry else sorry for ruining this episode for you
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sir, and I knew someone on whobackwhen.com agreed with me. Oh, right, yeah. They said in response to B-070, this new version of Captain Jack just did not appeal to Oh, okay. at all. They didn't appreciate this this range.
1: Fair enough, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So my second note.
1: Oh, let's hear it. Yeah, yeah, I love notes.
0: Is, you've got all these aliens. You've got the angel, you've got the pating. Oh, you absolutely to need
1: eat. to do more with those.
0: Yeah. When the Doctor is, this is more than 19 years, by the way, this, this is decades. Jack has been in there for 90. So, why isn't the Doctor figuring out how to combine their powers into an absolutely unfathomably impossible sequence of events. Like, the Angel starts to send the Pating back through time, but because it can eat everything, like, it causes some temporal rift, and then the Ood, and it all just piles on. Like, you could surely multiply these aliens' powers together to make a clever. Yeah, I see
1: that what doesn't you're saying. does have
0: to be the way they ultimately break out of the prison. But while the Doctor being depressed is an interesting look, like is with Pierce Brosnan for a few minutes when he's got big beard and everything. Yeah, when
1: he walks into that hotel, that is, love that scene.
0: Yeah, they don't Your usual tweet. (laughs) Get some great visuals, but then they don't do anything interesting with it. Yeah.
1: I had some thoughts on this as well because where my head immediately went was the standard trope of a prison break is someone opens all the cells. That's the usual thing, right? Yeah, yeah. We're going to stage a prison break. We're going to distract the guards by opening all the cells. They're going to have to figure out how to detain all of them? How do you detain a pitting? and an angel and whatever else and in the meantime we get out the back we sneak out somewhere okay but then how do you stop all those aliens (laughs) like (laughs) like, if you do open all those cells the universe is fucked (laughs) and maybe that's not the way to do it maybe maybe the way to do it is to open one cell
0: well that's how it starts and then there's just this chain reaction like the doctor could she could think it through if the doctor is clever the doctor is not supposed to be space god they're supposed to be exceptionally clever yes That's exactly right. What someone with that amount of time and that intelligence would be able to do is think of a sequence of events where enough chaos is caused that they get to escape amidst the melee but eventually it all cancels itself out yeah like there are enough different aliens in there that one's power would disable the other and yeah i haven't really put this idea together in my head but the possibilities are limitless you can put any alien from doctor who's history the whole canon in there and with that material ready to go, you could do anything. If you're yeah. the super fan that you claim to be as the showrun.
1: Yeah, it's just fan service though. Just, y- you're you're just showing them off on screen. I, not well, you, I mean in this episode, yes. all they're doing is they're just showing off some aliens. in this yeah.
0: And uh, and they're doing the highlight reel of the 13th era to date to a large extent. The angels are like, ooh angels, haven't seen them for a while. But otherwise it's the mighty Pating.
1: Yeah, it the Pating and what were the dudes, the weird spider dudes in the Tesla episode Nikola Tesla's Night of Frightful Experiences <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm paraphrasing I'm paraphrasing Are I'm paraphrasing. about
0: The Skitherer Yeah
1: probably yeah Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Isn't that a heavy metal band
1: <laughs> no skid row sorry
0: <laughs> oh right i thought you meant slayer but sure
1: <laughs> yeah there and there but then you also get Ood, which is a nod to better who <laughs> what,
0: then... what was up with that second Ood, by the way
1: the bonnie and clyde one yeah right? what was, what was so, that with
0: clyde yeah
1: i'm so glad that you brought that up because i also was not sure and i had to look this up i made a note like oh if there's Ood, and then there's a weird Ood, and in, yeah in fact in my i make notes for the vindex february episode and i've just written Ood and weird Ood, bonnie and clyde <laughs> and the weird Ood. i think think is, I can't remember their name now, but I think it's the dude from... The dude. (laughs) <laughs> From Tenant's first episode
0: Oh
1: The Sycorax That's what they're called right Sycorax, I oh, Sycorax
0: Oh so it's not an Ood I don't s- think it's an Ood Right I, I, oh,
1: Sorry Here is what I'm basing that on
0: On B070 Where the Vindex has it listed Exactly
1: yeah. And I'm assuming That's also where I, I tagged Whatever they were called The Skidra The Skidrow Yeah And I'm assuming That I got both of them Off TARDIS Viki- w- Wikia yeah. I don't think that I know it, I, I didn't see a Skidrow skid Fucking hell I didn't see Skidrow in this one for example. <laughs> no. And I'm assuming that Weird Ood is actually a Sycorax. A
0: slorax, yeah. You know
1: what? Sod it. I'm gonna I'm gonna scrub through the episode right now because I wanna see. Confirmed. Yes, it is the Sycorax. Clyde or Bonnie, one of them. Right. I've got another question for you actually, about okay. all the different aliens. I don't know if I just cut you off. Another trope that you typically see in this this kind of thing. I'm thinking, you know, Think about Tango and Cash.
0: Tango and Cash. Hey, you get I haven't the... thought about Tango and Cash in far too long. Oh,
1: yeah, I think about it way too often. It's such <laughs> a good film. <laughs> yeah. Actually, do you want to watch that as well, alongside Rocky Four and Creed One and Two, before we go and see Creed Three? Obviously. Right. That's that's. This is a day. In Tango and Cash, typical situation of oh, a cop gets put behind bars. In this case, two cops get put behind bars. Everyone in that prison knows who they are, and the standard oh, trope yeah. is. They parade past all the cells to go to their own cell and everyone there is like oh tango slash doctor i know exactly who you are i've missed you, you put me in this place you fucking mf i'm going to tear you apart you have no idea when we're in the yard i'm going to like temporarily dislodge your whatever yeah.
0: the moment you close your eyes you're mine
1: sleep with one eye open fresh fish fresh fish blow like it, w- it <laughs> would be fucking heinous you would have everyone in there is in there because of doc and you don't get that here she does mm. the thing of parading past everything we get angela the weeping angel trying to attack her but angels do that with everyone who blinks yeah so that's not a special thing yeah i guess you get the ood and weird dude yeah. And that's maybe the only one, but we don't get anything else. And I feel like it's a slightly missed opportunity.
0: I can see that, yeah. Lean into that trope. I know
1: it's stereotypical, but I, I
0: kind of miss that. Also, pretty I w- cruel is a bit much. In relation to a weeping angel. But the doctor goes and stands in front of the weeping angel and gives it a big old bullet just to see it bounce off the cell wall. <laughs> yeah. Probably does that every
1: day. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I did really like how she's looking directly at the camera at one point and you just see the depth of fatigue and listlessness. And then the arrows just come across the screen between us and her. And I, I, I love that effect, by the way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's such a nice effect. They put it on the poster.
0: Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah. And fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Nice touch. Lots Absolutely. of nice touches in this episode. Absolutely. Which we didn't quite get around to last time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So I brought up the family tie dies. Oh,
1: here we go. Right. Okay. <laughs>
0: Well, it doesn't add up because presumably the superior directing the driver, Armin, chose him specifically because she knows he can't make it 30 minutes without stopping for yet another cup of tea. Well, he
1: asks her, is it okay if I stop for a cuppa? Does yeah. she not say
0: no? No, she says, yeah, all right, because it's you.
1: Oh, she does say that. Okay. Yeah. right.
0: Exactly. Besides being a son. Yeah. This is this guy's one other characteristic. He drinks tea.
1: Didn't make a note, which I then later realized, oh, you know what? Yeah, Michael Ridgway already made this note two years ago. (laughs) Maybe I somehow remembered it. But it was to say, is every kiosk along the motorway just stocked with poison? (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: These teas, sees the lorry go by, like, shit, bombs it down the... So <laughs> to the next lay <laughs> to get ahead of him again or
1: possibly this man's bladder is just that predictable yeah maybe. but it's so silly Th- those two are the only people in the entire gchq yes right yeah. you don't need this also she's in charge of the whole thing just put one of mr big's drivers behind the wheel oh
0: yeah if everybody's in cahoots
1: yeah you don't need to murder an innocent guy who has a mother you don't need to murder. You don't need to murder someone who was birthed once. <laughs> they just, just have have someone else drive this thing.
0: But it's so that she can say, "How's your mum, by the way? Must be hard being about to lose her son." <laughs> and that's not the last family tie dye we get. We get Leo on the phone. Yes. Talking to his wife. yeah, about, t-
1: about the child.
0: About the kids. <laughs> yeah. Give the kids a kiss from me. <laughs> the final kiss from me you could ever possibly give them. It's cheap. It's really cheap. So cheap. And it's twice.
1: Cheap as is leaning into the wrong tropes. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there's nothing wrong with tropes and all of these are tropes, but mm-hmm. it's just the same really cheap one twice.
0: Do you want one in this episode that happens thrice? Oh, yes, please. Jack planting bombs around some structure. You get it in the vertical farm. Yeah. You get it on the Dalek ship. On the Dalek ship and in between. Oh, is it just? Oh, no. I am think the third time I'm thinking of is is last week when they did it on the Cyber shit. Actually. Oh, yeah. So, okay, it's thrice across two episodes, but stop using that same lazy fucking idea. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, no, you're right. <sighs> you can, sure, everybody has a mental list of their own greatest hits, but twice in the same episode.
1: Yeah. You could also argue that the I have a family connection with someone and a death will somehow separate us very soon could also be attributed to the very end, the ghost surreal scene where they're uh, seeing Grace.
0: Yes. The vomitous vision. Mm. Yeah, it's it feels
1: oddly misplaced. The sentiment is lovely, yeah. but it feels very ill-executed and poorly placed.
0: Yes. I don't have time for it in the Doctor Who universe, frankly. I know that they mess around with the afterlife plenty. No, I, yeah. People souls are in the ground or they're in the nether sphere or, or whatever. They're where they need to be on any given week. But no. Yeah, if Grace exists as a ghost, then... Well, I don't I think mean, Grace maybe... does exist
1: as a ghost. It's,
0: there, it's meant to ha-
1: have both of them just i'm i'm assuming i'm just assuming i'm assuming that it's meant to have both of them think yeah there's this one person this is just she's there to bookend their time in the tardis effectively and there's this one person who's really important to both of us so she will bookend both of our times but i think there's a better better time and place to put her about a series ago no oh okay first off don't have both of them see her secondly have graham see her in the tardis when he decides he's also gonna leave he, what I'm thinking is he's about to exit the series. He doesn't want to leave because I maintain what I said the last time. He absolutely wants to stay with a dog.
0: He is well up for going to Miranda Galaxy. He's so up for it. It's not even funny. This guy <laughs> wants to have
1: the retirement of the millennium and his fucking ingrate in grandson is screwing up his
0: best years yeah ryan says i think i'm gonna sit sit this one out i expected doc to say okay it doesn't have to be meringues i know someone who does great souffles (laughs) (laughs) but in that
1: scene you could have graham and graham's farewell in a sense bar a few scenes including the bike one is lovely i really like his his ultimate farewell with doc but in that scene, you could have him have that internal struggle. He really wants to stay. He's about to tell Ryan, well, you're, you're old enough to take care of yourself. I will be back whenever and wherever we manage. I will try to be back. At least I will try not to make you wait 10 months, but I don't know how old I'll be when I get back.
0: Yeah, because the Doctor, sometimes she can land this to the millisecond and sometimes it's 10 months. So. Even in this one episode. <laughs> yeah. But in that scene,
1: have him just about to deliver his response to doc that yes i'm gonna stay and then behind doc change the focus and have grace standing there yeah and have him say something along the lines or at least even think something along the lines of no i made a promise to take care of someone of family yeah and that's why it's because he sees grace that he decides he will stay with him with ryan
0: yeah and you could have ryan see grace not the same Grace, but see Grace at the same time because Ryan has been a dick to Graham in this episode like he hasn't been for some time. They have regressed. So he could be thinking, well, do I want you to come back? Like, even if you do come back, am I going to hang out with you? what is our relationship going to be? And he could think via their common connection of Grace and how they've processed the grief together that, oh, actually, I should be kind to this old man who's trying to do the best for me. Yeah. And you should see Ryan relent and. That's why he calls him Grandad up on the hill rather than just because that would make a nice bookend.
1: Yeah. Okay. So expanding, combining and expanding, Graham sees Grace behind Doc chooses to say actually doc thank you but no thank you i'm gonna stay with someone else because i made a promise once yeah ryan realizes that graham is making a sacrifice for him he understands this that prompts him to constantly view him as his granddad and he also sees grace in that scene but he doesn't see the same grace because ghosts aren't real in this universe he sees grace next to graham yes and, yes. And this is where he goes. Come on, come on, granddad. Let's w- let's go back home. And that's when they leave. And we don't need to have we don't we don't need to have Grace up on the hill. And we definitely don't need to end this episode with Ryan falling over. <laughs> have this episode end with Ryan still cycling. Just do that. Yeah. And those two being granddad and grandson. Done.
0: I have, I have so many problems. Shibbers, Are you listening? <laughs> Thank you for listening. I have so many problems with that final scene. Okay, let's hear it. Ryan has has been set up since Can You Hear Me? that he is going back partly for T-Bone slash T-Bow and to hang out with his mates Uh and be part of the society that he's left behind. And they're not doing that. They're up on the hillside. T-Bow is still waiting in his flat... And then after this, they're going to fuck off to Korea or Finland.
1: But but they're, but they're also not because he goes, oh, yeah, I read about these trolls or whatever in Finland. That yeah. seems like a situation in which we could use our psychic paper, which we have in our pockets right now up on this hill. Like, <laughs> yeah. shall we go there? And his answer is, no, let's keep cycling. Yeah. Wait, no, you're teeing up a spinoff that we may or may <laughs> not see. Go
0: on those spinoff adventures right now. Well, they do eventually go because Graham ends up in a volcano and Ryan is in Patagonia. But... But not before he's fucked up his knees first. Before you take on the world and try to save it, you need to damage yourself as much as possible for the sake of a bookend.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's right. I read that somewhere. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's the hero's journey. Yeah, yeah, the meaning of the goddess. I believe this is exactly it. And also, psychic paper will not give you a crash course in Finnish or Korean. Of course, Ryan is getting a crash course up on the hillside. Yeah. But this is not a universal translator.
1: (laughs) I love it. Love it. <laughs> but also,
0: uh, these trolls and gravel creatures, are they the same thing?
1: Well, I don't know, but I do feel like they are killing people yeah, and in Finland. And, and Graham and Graham is, is basically <laughs> going, you know what? Fuck it. Let some people die. We need to practice cycling a little bit longer. No, you've got psychic paper that apparently makes you immortal or invincible in this world. Go to Finland and fight gravel monster yeah. trolls. Also,
0: you better fucking <laughs> hope trolls and gravel monsters can read <laughs> and have some sort of psychic energy that can be duped. <laughs> Because maybe Ryan thinks, no, what if we have to make a quick bicycle getaway? <laughs> so this is crucial training. Yep, 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 yep. <sighs> All right, okay, great. So Marie alluded to this in our first review, but the arc is Graham Graham start off doing what the doctor would do in her absence when she's not there because they have to take down Jack Robertson. Yeah. And then she comes back and they could carry on doing what the doctor would do with the doctor but no at the end of the episode they are still doing what the doctor would do but in her absence. So
1: what? Well it's I'm thinking of Sarah Jane Smith. So okay. Sarah Jane Smith is left behind by Doc in Croydon, as I recall. Willingly I mean, or unwillingly? Well, willingly on Earth, unwillingly in Croydon.
0: Seen... <laughs> <laughs> that, that tracks. <laughs> Take
1: me home. Great. Wait, I don't live here. Also, <laughs> oh, it's... Croydon! <laughs> Sorry, all listeners in Croydon. I have had many a great night out in East Croydon. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good good place to be. As I recall, I was a younger man back then. As I recall, people don't believe in clothing then. So. <laughs> <laughs> On a night out, so I had a blast. Oh, forget I- <laughs> it, Leon. It's Croydon. <laughs> I had a fantastic Anyway, yeah, 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 Okay. Oh, memories. So, anyway. Sarah Jane Smith left behind has K9.
0: Oh, cool. It's quite or, a sweet
1: deal. Or gets K9 later on. No, no, she has K9. Of course she has K9. School reunion yeah. with Tenant. So she has K9 and, and goes about having a spin-off show of her own in which she does exactly what Doc does. She basically third doctors it. She's stuck on Earth. She doesn't travel through space and time, but she does everything Doc would do if every single week Doc would have an adventure on Earth. Yeah. And ideally locally. <laughs> <laughs> because we're not going to fly to Osaka in Sarajana's adventures.
0: Well, we're not going to put Osaka as a title card on the screen.
1: Yes, okay, yeah. that's a better way of phrasing it, yeah.
0: But in
1: in essence, Grime is set up for exactly that. Mm. They have the desire, they have the inclination to go on Doctorish adventures because only now do they realise fuck, we probably shouldn't have left Doc because we were much happier back then. Oh, we'll take anything at this point. There's a troll, there's a gravel monster in Finland. Yeah, we'll take it. It's not exactly a souffle galaxy, but we'll we'll take it. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Unfortunately, it still doesn't make sense because Sarah Jane was left for like 30 years and entered a completely different phase of her life, whereas these guys it's 10 months and you've been primed to think that Ryan is going to help T-Bone out and reintegrate into his local society and no, they're just going to be much less effective doctors. What sort of egos does this guy have? He thinks he's ready to do what the doctor can do, but without the TARDIS and not being space god?
1: Well, I don't think that he has that ego i think i think they have regrets so okay. i think ryan the only reason ryan is googling oh there's something unexplained there's an x-files adventure in finland is that he really misses the lifestyle he had before i'm assuming what, with
0: the doctor or before the doctor? no with the doctor oh he's if he... he misses it that much just hang around with the doctor and... no but he's already left
1: the doctor Ugh. he has left the doctor they're up on a hill he's cycling and falling over and now yeah. the reason he is googling stuff like where is there an X Files adventure? Where can I go and be Mulder or Scully? Is that he he misses that in his life.
0: Otherwise yeah. why would he do that? Unfortunately, it makes his decision of five minutes ago in episode time look incredibly stupid and short sighted. So the yeah.
1: And also, otherwise, why does Doc give them the psychic paper? Except, for example, to, like, this is how you can take advantage of people. This is how you get a job you don't <laughs> deserve. Or this is how you can pick up people in bars that really makes this very dodgy.
0: Yeah. Also... Oh my god, you are a federal boob inspector? <laughs> you are the king of Belgium? Wait, you can't both be the king of Belgium?
1: <laughs> oh, you are the grand nephew of that Nigerian prince. <laughs>
0: Yeah, nice.
1: Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Where were we?
0: Have you got any more questions I haven't answered?
1: Why does a nuclear option that might backfire (laughs) mean what it means to Captain Jack?
0: Oh, as in the doctor of 2,000 plus years and now many, many many more, of experience, faced with this situation, can only think of one nuclear option, and it's the exact same one that Jack has in mind. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's lazy shortcut, as you said in your review.
1: There have been a bajillion nuclear options throughout the long history. Some literally.
0: some Yes, you're right. (laughs) Literal (laughs) nuclear (laughs) options.
1: All right, go on. You ask Uh, a question. (laughs) Or are there any other talking points that we haven't touched upon yet?
0: Well, I have a new segment.
1: I love a new segment.
0: It's sort of like a previous segment. It's a segment that I like to call Securidos and Securidums.
1: Can't wait for this. All right. Great.
0: <laughs> so you have been accosted as you go about your nefarious business, trying to build a spider factory in Sheffield or whatever the hell it was. Uh-huh, yep. By three doofuses <laughs> who just accost you out of the blue on the streets. Yeah. So you hire a great big security team. Yes. Do you a keep them with you at all times, like Elon Musk is said to do, even inside the Twitter building. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. (laughs) Lots of fun stuff coming out. (laughs) Do you be, when you're near enough to the HQ, let them go on holiday or at least stand at a distance so that you might get killed before they come running up with their guns cocked after the event, just as you hit the ground, they can carry you away? Uh Mm Uh-huh. Or C. No, I can't (laughs) make up a C because it's so fucking stupid.
1: I'll be honest with you, I don't remember which one was a and which one was b but they're both dumb and i don't understand (laughs) any of this you're absolutely right to call it out this is him going no i promise i do have more than one employee (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing three of them have guns and they're off having tea somewhere around the corner
0: he has cut headcount by so much these guys are on the gig economy they are like the uber drivers of the security world he has to call them in via an app Oh, yeah goodness sake and,
1: yeah that's that's a really shit security detail yeah what happens what are the consequences at that point by the way dude show up with guns
0: yeah all pointed at the scooby gang.
1: yeah and then cut to the scooby gang just
0: walking away going gosh that didn't work out very well did it
1: did uh, d- d- that's a step missing <laughs> <laughs> at least one yeah either they were killed or they were arrested
0: yeah yeah, or like,
1: roughed up a little bit.
0: This guy has high-level government connections. Yeah. Do you think he couldn't get some friendly policemen to keep them in overnight, even if Yaz is on the force? Well, here, here's an interesting storyline. Like, she has to come up with the corruption. I mean, she'd know if she ever went in because she's been there for 10 months and she clearly isn't working anymore. Nope. She's just working <laughs> on that wall. Because, as you say, very dissatisfyingly wasted as a character. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Why isn't she... Where... Emily, at this point, has she told them that she's back, by the way? She's been somewhere for 10 months, apparently just down the road from Robertson HQ. Where is that? We don't know. Don't need to know, because there are eight people in the whole world. Oh, dear, that guy. If you're listening, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you must admit some of the truth of what we're saying.
1: I would like to think that there's a portion of Podcast Land who are like,
0: yeah, no, you make a point. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hang on, I've just said a lot of shit about the episode. Can I say that the Daleks... Teleporting using the UV light, while that is still annoying. The scene where they're setting up in the casing and then they're wreaking havoc, as you said, that's all good. There are lots of cool Robertson lines. This is a terrible rescue. Yes, indeed. Lots of fun. I liked uh, Yaz saying to Jack, You do seem to need a lot of praise. And he's like, Do I? (laughs) Even in the annoying scenes, there was usually one nice line. Scattered across this 71 minutes, there are a lot of positive points. Yeah. Yes, certainly. I thought Jodie's little Dalek summary interplaying against Joe Patterson's speech, saying, like, you cannot fathom the danger everybody is in. And she's just nonchalantly saying, and this is the best idea any Tory has ever <laughs> Still
1: not the worst, still not the worst.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lots, lots of fun stuff. Uh, no,
1: there is a lot of fun stuff. And since we're talking about positives, okay, Graham, we said in the first review that Graham g- gets to do precious little in this episode. Still
0: fairly of that opinion.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Okay. But wowee, the performance in during the farewell in the TARDIS. And in fact the entire farewell in the TARDIS, Doc grabbing a hold of the whole fam and that shot from below of all four of them. Mm. That's that really me. that really got me. It's a it's a beautiful scene. Yeah. I think Graham gets one of the best companion farewell scenes in a long time. Unfortunately, it is then succeeded by further farewell scenes with Graham and <laughs> they kind of undercut it. But that that scene in the TARDIS is tremendous that TARDIS thing that should be the last thing we see with Graham
0: we don't need the epilogue we've already rewritten that scene to make it even better Better. exactly yeah and they just go and oh yeah okay Yaz saying it's all right to be sad In a sort of still annoyed tone, not a sympathetic, empathetic tone, like not one that would indicate the depth of feeling that we're supposed to be attributing to Yas at this point. And she doesn't reach out and put an arm around the doctor. They just stand side by side, not touching, not looking at each other. Just the camera retreats from them. It's so odd.
1: Retro rewrite suggestion. Yes. In that scene, something that was missing for me was a farewell between Graham and Yaz. And you could have just have a little nudge, or not nudge, a little hint in that scene where Graham, either either half of Graham, just almost winks at Yaz like, I get it and I hope it works out for you. Oh. And then they leave.
0: Yeah, because Yaz does get to say bye to Ryan and Graham. They, they all hug. A we'll little hug, but
1: like, there's not a... I suppose maybe they do get a goodbye. Yeah, it still didn't feel satisfactory. It didn't no. feel enough, like, enough to me.
0: No, it's not meaningful enough.
1: Yeah, exactly. There should almost be a scene of i'm thinking mostly of ryan here because graham definitely wants to stay but ryan does not want to stay and this should almost be a scene of ryan looking at Yaz and going no you should also want to leave because this is our chance to stay back home but dot 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 i get it you really care about this person yeah i really hope it works out for both of you and then goodbye hug farewell hope to see you again soon i won't i'm off to the u.s (laughs) I'm off to Hollywood awaits the nearest
0: awards bait I can find (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) okay so I'll finish with some cast stuff I thought Leo was good. He wasn't maybe as good as Charlotte Ritchie in Resolution, but I thought he still did pretty well. Nathan Stewart Jarrett played Leo. He Mm -hmm. was in The Trial of Christine Keeler. He popped up for one episode in The Moffat and Gatiss Dracula.
1: I didn't watch that. He was in The uh, Misfits. Yes. Yes, that's right.
0: Curtis Donovan in 25 episodes of Misfits. Yep, I liked him when he had his headphones on and I liked how he was weirdly captivated by the disgusting creature that he's grown and the, the polar opposite reactions of him and
1: even though he is prepared to incinerate it alive like he's he's about to dunk this living creature into a fire
0: well you don't get to be ceo without making some tough decisions and <laughs> developing business balls <laughs> <laughs> And Harriet Walter played Joe Patterson. She has been in This Is Going to Hurt, Succession, yeah. Ted Lasso, nice. Nice. The Last Duel, Killing Eve, Rocket Man, she was Clemmie Churchill in the Crown. She has all sorts of classy credits. Holy smokes. Including oh, here an go. episode of Poirot. Which one? She played Miss Bullstrode in the episode A Bullstrode in a China Shop. Oh, that
1: title rings a bell. No,
0: it was Cat Among the Pigeons.
1: But that title does ring a bell.
0: Bullstrode in a China no, Shop. There's, there's I made there's a pun on her. No, I un- name. no No
1: I understand. But- There is a bull in a china shop. Oh dead bull in a china shop oh dear bing bong nope i'm an idiot that's a crane mystery not a poirot okay bing bong
0: solid career yeah well done take us home dude what do you got there are a couple of things shall i say both yes this is your last chance there's not gonna be a third review of this
1: okay so we did touch upon this in our initial instantish reaction review but there may be more to say about it and it is uh, and and if there isn't i'm i'm happy with us just blasting through it to point number two but there is a Really strange emotional imbalance here between Doc and the rest of the fam. Because Doc has just been to prison. She comes back. She has missed out on arguably a tremendous amount of time. Yeah. Yet, weirdly, she is the one to apologize. To everyone else for having been 10 months late.
0: Yeah, Yaz and Ryan especially. Graham yeah. is more of a grown up about it.
1: Yeah. But Yaz and Ryan are babies. They're, they're total babies to the point where I wonder why Doc wants to continue traveling with Yaz. Like, why does this not r- cause her to reevaluate this individual entirely? Yeah. Holy shit, how dare you scream at me and judge me for being a little bit late after I waited for decades. To be reunited with you. Yeah. It's a scene that is rife with emotional potential that is unexplored in this episode, and instead it veers in the existence polar opposite direction.
0: Yeah. I have been anticipating this moment for more than half the time you will ultimately be alive, and Mm. you just shoved me, because you're annoyed about ten months. Yeah. I would have accepted
1: Yaz taking it back. Yaz lashing out at her, and Doc going, I understand, because in the grand scheme of things, ten months mean perhaps more to you than nineteen years, or however many years I spent in prison mean to me. But, I spent a lot of time thinking about you. You spent relatively speaking, a lot of time thinking about me. We are here together now. Please get some perspective and just realize that we appreciate each other. And Yaz takes it back and goes, oh my God, you thought about me for 19 years? Boom. Oh Uh, yeah. Chibas, you got a kiss moment right here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) But but that's a moment for them to decide we're going to keep traveling together.
0: Yeah. And we miss out on it. And it could recast that whole unsatisfactory moment at the end where the Doctor is being like, oh, I'm going to miss Graham and Ryan so much. I'm going to fuck with the whole fabric of space time. I'm going to break all the rules just to go back and rewrite everything because because I can't handle this moment. For what reason? For, exactly? Yeah, for what, what
1: exactly have these two done for you ever? Yeah. I get Graham. Yeah. But Ryan just shoved you in the
0: back. <laughs> yeah. And you have only just connected with Ryan on the four minutes to Osaka. Yeah. Like that scene is pitched as supposed to be like, oh, haven't these two fallen a long way from their previously, I don't know, this tight rapport. But no this is the most interaction they've had with each other ever this is at weirdly a high point but they're painting it as a moment of crisis because they haven't done the work to date to make it work as what they intend yeah and so of course you wouldn't care as much about ryan and graham going you'd be sad sure but this is where you turn to yaz and where you build on this scene which leon has just provided for you this second scene and this is the third the the climactic one where maybe they don't kiss quite yet but the Doctor expresses her gratitude and her thanks and happiness that Yaz is still there and instead of Yaz going it's okay to be sad and almost sounding jealous (laughs) the Doctor looking after the other two they have a moment of connection there and yeah they're not just side by side but for no purpose it's baffling how this ended up the way it did.
1: It's I can't remember if I said this or if we said this in the first review, but I do... I feel like we may have said this at some point in some prior review. I wonder if there's just a tiny little bit of cowardice on the part of the BBC. Like, there's someone at the BBC, or someones at the BBC... Who either are afraid of losing their audience.
0: Oh, th- definitely, yes. Okay,
1: yeah, so not either then. Who are afraid of losing their audience and are not themselves liberal or progressive or just human enough to make a step in this particular direction and have those two just enjoy each other's company. And f- for that reason, it constantly, e- even when they have the most narratively obvious chance to be together, just the two of them, unencumbered by other human human travelers. Even then Doc wants to tear history asunder in order to get some fucking interlopers on board.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird because the doctor has never been at their best alone. We know this. Yeah. And the human companion or companions sometimes two might work do provide an essential function but i don't know the doctor just seemed weaker in this episode needier i get that being in prison would have had this effect and the isolation and everything but the fact is now yaz is staying on she doesn't have that isolation she doesn't have to worry about going back to that and i don't know it just seems like the doctor should be more self-possessed and in control to some degree like i don't like seeing this really yeah
1: yeah no uh, likewise. Mm.
0: Shall I ask the other one? Yeah, go on. Let's hit, let's end up with point 2. Something I, new and fresh. So this is just an odd line or
1: an odd exchange of lines to me. Okay. And I don't know what to read into it if anything at all. But there is an occasion where Doc tells Jack, "You never change." And Jack looks at Doc. Square in the eyes, squareness gone in the eyes, and says, (laughs) I wish I could say the same. And that is a Mm. super strange line to deliver to me. I wish you would change.
0: Yeah, I'm disappointed that you are no longer David Tennant. Yeah. Basically. Boy, did I fancy the Tenth Doctor. That's essentially what he's saying. That's such an odd thing to say. Yeah. Is Chibas trying to alienate himself? (laughs) Like, what? Oh yeah, because he's <laughs> responsible for these changes.
1: Why would you say this? is it a misplaced sexual comment is it a misplaced comment of captain jack's saying no actually i just found david tennant really sexually attractive i don't find you sexually attractive which in itself a, a very inappropriate comment to make or, or is it a <laughs> is it case is it more
0: of, or less harmful or harmless that it's directed at the individual rather than the yeah. entire gender although we know that jack will stick it in anything
1: or, or is it a case of personality. I kind of sympathized more with you as an individual when you were the doctor I met back in the day than the one you are now. So therefore, I wish you hadn't changed or that you would change again. That's also
0: highly inappropriate. Kind of offensive. I think perhaps I could see a slightly alternative line where the sentiment isn't so different, but the Doctor says you never change, and Jack doesn't say, like, sorry, the logic is so bad because it's hard for me to get my head around. Because the Doctor is constantly changing. So there's a contrast there. The writing isn't activating it in the right way. What am I trying to say, Liam? What What should Jack have said?
1: Not this. <laughs> yes. Maybe the exact opposite. Maybe the line could have been, you know, you never change, you do. I know. A- like it or yeah. which would have been really captain jackie to say or like but i i'm kind of glad to see you're always full of surprises or yeah know, yeah anything mm. anything that doesn't undercut this change or any change since Tennant. this script shoots itself in the first with that line
0: i fully agree Okay, so Podcast Land, I've been racking my brains for like five to ten minutes trying to think. Jack could have said in response to You Never Change, why would I? I'm perfect already. That way he doesn't need to impugn the Doctor's character or looks or whatever's going on here. Yeah. Possibly also that it's not so much about a look at you as... Tenant and I were really close and we're just not as close anymore. Is that the change that he is lamenting? Maybe.
1: That's a good question. He hasn't spent enough time with the 13th doctor to be in a position
0: to determine That's very really true, way, I think. Yeah, he hasn't given her a chance. No. Well, he hasn't
1: had a chance.
0: No, and their repartee over the intervening few seconds post-breakout is actually quite fun. It's great. I would argue a hundred
1: percent of Captain Jack's time with <laughs> with the Thirteenth Doctor has been par excellence. Yeah. This, this dude should go, thank goodness you've changed, Doc. I'm loving the new you.
0: <laughs> yeah, because at the beginning of the scene, when the Doctor is reconnecting with the TARDIS, I was like, oh, this is nice. Are they going to give us time? And then Jack started in with his spiel, and I was like, oh, we needed longer. But then I started enjoying the spiel so much. I mm. was like, okay, I'm on board. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Dang right. Yeah, so mm. how about we rate this?
1: Let's. And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey la 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 la. Ratings. You want me? How about you? Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to
0: ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's right. That's if right. you're dumb enough to ask.
1: <laughs> Given that I was the only one who had prepared a mini for the last time, maybe it is appropriate that I go first here yes, as well. definitely. And if I had a TARDIS, I might, in between all the myriad adventures across space and time, I might try to go back to my past self and provide a different, more nuanced perspective on this episode before delivering my PT laden mini review in B070. Leon,
0: it's okay to behalf.
1: <laughs> but who knows? I might have arrived 10 months too late anyway, so <laughs> maybe <laughs> this is the moot point. That said, I take back some of what I said about Doc back then. I... Oh, I actually really enjoyed her in this episode. In fact, you know what? I will go ahead and say I enjoyed this episode to a degree. Hey! Even though it's largely a pile of nonsensical crap, I found it enjoyable enough. Let's say that. Let's say that. Enjoyable enough. We are not in 4.0 territory. (laughs) We're not even in 3.0 territory. (laughs) Not even in 2.0. No, I'm just kidding. But in between bouts of immense frustration, I had a good time watching this. Which is more than I can say of my past self watching this the first time around.
0: We really were pretty traumatized at the end of 2020. We really
1: were. Yeah, anyway, we shouldn't make excuses. The companions, they're all frustratingly unfulfilled, however, and I stand by that. Grian, wow, what is there left to say? Can you imagine the walk up that hill, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just before the end oh my days i don't think graham is prepared for just how much he's about to resent his grandson yes <laughs> we already covered this ground thoroughly across two episodes now but similarly massively squandered potential and further on that note plot wise so many possible roads left untaken the prison the daleks the dalek leader mr big what the shit is going on with government did i mention the prison because holy smokes remember that retro rewrite from about an hour ago that was awesome couldn't we have done that that would have been Fantastic. Production value is through the roof as per huge. Greatest asset potential, biggest floor squandered. Main takeaway. Not as bad as I remembered, but not one that I'm ever going to introduce anyone to who with. And remember, I once introduced or tried to introduce someone to who with Waters of Mars. I'm giving this. <laughs> I gave this a 1.8 the first time around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm upgrading this to a 2.3.
0: Okay, cool. Nice. Mm. See how we've changed. Yeah, matured. Yeah, grown. <laughs> <laughs> grown is right. I have a couple of groan-worthy observations I didn't get to. Turns out anyone with a rotten old Vortex manipulator can just rock up in a TARDIS console room. <laughs> the TARDIS console room. Everybody does these days. The Jadoon did it five minutes ago, but really? And how overdone was the TARDIS landing in Graham's living room? The hallowed music? The wind blowing through everybody's hair. Jack winking at Graham and getting hello in response was nice though. There were, for all the flaws in this episode, lots of things to enjoy, lots of lines. When we watched it the first time it seemed like just a parade of gloom but there was humour here and moments of, not levity exactly, but that did break up. It leavened its slight. I had a bit more to say about the yellow beanie chat. As Tosin Cole goes, I made a note I can't tell whether the actors do okay in this scene or whether we're just watching them for a long time with some emotional musical and then ryan's seriously in response to the doctor revealing her existential crisis to him just gave the game away the kid can't act at all at least no better than i can any scenes where he does seem to be acting i think are purely by chance they just pile up enough takes And pick the best one. Because, I don't know, there was something so flat about that delivery here. This is all supposed to be climactic emotionally, and I just didn't get it. It All it seemed to do was exemplify or explain how they never reached the heights that they hoped these characters would. It was a neat summation. And then he has to teach the Doctor about change. <laughs> I guess she has been on her own for a while, but and where are Graham and Jack Robertson while this is dragging on? Graham must be babysitting him somewhere else. Jack is just going, tell me, tell me how this works! And Graham's like, no cockle, no cockle. It's not like your average bus and there's something from last time you might remember oh right okay in ascension of the cybermen i asked whether the doctor was stupid and in this episode we have ample proof i just wanted to doubly underline the stupidity of it's quite important that they don't realize i'm here and then she parks the tardis on the turret of a bridge at the very second that thousands upon thousands of these sas daleks fly past it and she's got all the lights on yeah
1: i think what we're sorry to jump in but i I think what we're meant to believe, what this episode posits but does not substantiate, is that the Daleks are so offended by there being impure Daleks on Earth that they don't even care about Doc.
0: Yeah, they see a TARDIS and think. Well, they don't think anything. It's they're laser focused on yeah. objective one. Huh. The Doc actually has two passable clevers this week. There's the UV light yeah. perception, and there's the nice. decoy TARDIS, which maybe. Hacky, but whatever. But she's all over the place. And this ties in with something I wanted to say last week in our review of the Timeless Children. When the Doctor is saying the memories blew the Matrix, oh, she's clever, I'm clever, we're clever, we're all clever, all of us, however many that is, she makes cleverness her defining characteristic, the exact dumbest point in the script. And then when the Master gives Doc the chance to take them all out, he makes an argument that she could very easily best, but her intelligence and principles are tarnished and silenced for the sake of drama. She could very easily realise she'd be doing a terrible thing for a good reason. People are forced to do that. Hey, it's called moral complexity. But for the sake of the dramatic beat, Chibbers feels like the episode needs. They made her too stupid to parse it. And then we're supposed to cheer her coward's way out. I miss the Doctor back when she was genuinely ingenious. It's one thing to have the character be fallible, bumble a little, get something a bit wrong because they're alien and their brains are constructed differently. But right now the Doctor is bearing all the inelegance of the clumsy writing she's the one made to trip over every plot hole and in this episode that spills over a bit into the emotional sphere as well the tail is wagging the dog chibber starts off with the need for drama and works backwards by saying how can i take a chunk out of the doctor to get to this point
1: interesting yeah it's very interesting
0: not how it should work so that final rant Means I'm not gonna give it quite as high a rating as two point three. But Leon, I think you won't be too displeased if I give it a one point eight.
1: Oh my goodness. Which is interesting because <laughs> you didn't officially give it a rating the last time around, but after really. I gave it a one point eight, you followed it up by saying that's probably about what I would give it. <laughs> <laughs> well, turns out Love it. Absolutely love it. That's fantastic.
0: <laughs> and it's a hell of a spectacle. Nice bits of direction. Yeah. Everything we said positive about last week, transfers over. Here pretty well. But there's so much wrong, I can't ignore it. Yeah. No, nor nor I. Even though we're not waiting ten months for it this time. Still at this point. Agreed. But oh, do Podcast Land share our opinions? Well, we have a means of finding out. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> let's no Now let's from Podcast Land. Max or it would get out of hand. Okay, so we have two new reviews. <laughs> The first whoop is from Kieran Evans. What? Kieran? Stop Kieran. Kieran begins his review with A LONG TIME AGO! 2019. Yes, that does feel like a long time ago. Oh my goodness. So the pre-credits makes me think that an attempted theme of this is legacy and things coming back to bite you. See how that goes.
1: The Doctor's escape from Not Shardham. It doesn't say Sharda in the app, nor is it the Storm Cage. It's too quick and I would be much happier if it had been just the Doctor doing it by herself. The Doc and Fam are reunited at 25 minutes and 15 seconds out of an hour and 11 minutes and 21 seconds. Too quick. Have the dock and not shard her for longer this ep and allow the fam more time to do stuff without her. They are quite ineffective otherwise. What's this, Kieran? You think it should
0: take place in Act 1 and... Two? Uh- <laughs> might be
1: a friend who agrees with us yeah maybe
0: (laughs) definitely because we had been waiting for 11 months and yeah 25 minutes after 11 months it's almost as big a letdown as that Sherlock explanation (laughs) (laughs) a mini Dalek civil war between variable genetically pure mutants continues Kieran Chibnall you're copying from a far better story Remembrance of the Daleks hey hey. even the fake Dalek voices are based on the ones from Remembrance which Leon will be covering soon and may help someone else definitely Jim nice (laughs) and And Someone Someone else. else. No, it couldn't happen twice. And they use sound effects from Genesis for the mutants growing in that building. (laughs) Jack's
1: conversation with Yaz is actually sort of nice says Kieran and there's nice banter with Ryan and Graham especially not telling Robertson about the TARDIS yeah I did like that this doesn't need to be 71 minutes long (laughs) but also feels like it's trying to do too much as well there's probably two better shorter length eps in this with the finished product not quite gelling but more enjoyable than last time so Kieran gives this 2.8 out of 5 fighting Daleks with Daleks Just in the same way as the answer to gun violence is more guns. (laughs) That's a very fair point. Mm. Yeah. Interestingly, Kieran did leave a review the last time after we dropped B070, in which Kieran gave this 2.7 out of 5.
0: Ah, time heals all wounds.
1: (laughs) Yeah, people in podcast land should go to B070 on the website and read his old review.
0: Yeah, because there's very little overlap, honestly. Yeah, well done, Kieran. Yeah, nice one, Kieran.
1: And after they've done that, can they in any way say hi to Kieran online and at the same time get a really good deal on an electric van?
0: Yeah, I assume that Kieran is still available on the Web at KJEvans2. For all your EVAN needs,
1: use the uh, promo code When for 10% off your first EVAN. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks so much, Kieran.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Who's next? Next up, is GP Haines. GP Haines. Oh,
1: so G, you say P. G. P. 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 Yeah, that's right. We got it. Oh, wait, this is a high five moment. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Hey GP, <laughs>
0: with 10 to go we finally nailed it GP says hello all you lovely people here's hello. my mini review for Revolution of the Daleks just how bad can writing get on Doctor Who what a beginning this is pretty awful and a definite low point for me of Jodie's run before I bag it though here's a couple of good points mm. the jail scenes are not too bad at the start Harry Potter reference was great and production top notch
1: and <laughs> <laughs> okay brace yourselves <laughs> I I could hear the sphincter tightening. Why is the doctor apologising for being late after being in jail? Yes. Why is Yaz the worst written character ever? What the fuck are SAS Daleks? (laughs) Why do they try and fail to give Ryan some depth in the last episode? Why is Mr. Big back? (laughs) That's
0: an intro line. He just got worse (laughs) as the episode went on. Why can't Daleks shoot on companions? Or Doc but can massacre civilians with pinpoint accuracy? How did Captain Jack spend so much time breaking in? The fuck did he eat? How did he go to the toilet? How did they know that driver would stop with that T-Man on the way?
1: The answer is he didn't eat much because he had Chris walking to the time thingy bracelet in his bum. Anyway, yep, yep. Japan, why? I believe, actually, that is a callback to B070.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks, T V. Where are any actual Japanese? Why are there no security people at the beginning when they transport the Dalek? Leo can work by himself and needs no one else to fully develop his
0: product? Hmm GP could go on, but this is a mini. GP should mention the comedy is also so misplaced in this episode. Yes, yeah, sometimes it worked, sometimes it really didn't. And no, Graham, you don't joke when you are planting bombs on a frickin' Dalek ship where you could be dead any minute. Ugh.
1: GP concludes, I miss Genesis of the Daleks, or Day of the Daleks. Please go and re-watch these, writers of today. That's how you make a Dalek episode. And GP gives this a rating of zero point six. Ow. holy smokes, fantastic GP, amazing stuff. I said it the last time when we did a classic as well, I really love it when we get polar opposite reviews or ratings on the Podcast Land Spectrum. I absolutely love it. GP, thank you very much for sending that in. People who are not GP should definitely go and find GP on Insta and YouTube. What?
0: Finding (laughs) G-spots.
1: I love that handle. (laughs) Thank you very much, GP.
0: And there's yet more mini-goodness that you can find on B070. There are reviews from Michael Ridgway.
1: Yes.
0: There's that Kieran Evans... Pro Toe review, we mentioned. There's one from TARDIS Crash Dummy. Thank Tans, you, TARDIS Crash Dummy. Tan's Six Fingers. Thanks, Taz. And Tom Violin. That's a violin. Thank you very much, Tom Violin. Yeah. All <laughs> really fun and worth reading. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you very, very much. Well, that's it for this episode of Who Back When. Holy smokes. But Who Back When shall return. Next up, we've got a classic
1: Who review with Remembrance of the Daleks. Oh
0: is that right? Yes, indeed. Oh, mayhap I need to rejig my calendar. <laughs> <laughs>
1: After which we're back in New Territory with the beginning of Flux in what? The Halloween Apocalypse, Flux Part 1. That is right. And at some point we will tackle that audio uh, audio adventure we've been talking about for a while now, Doctor Who Redacted. Yeah.
0: And sooner or later we'll finish that audio adventure that we were talking about when we <laughs> (laughs)
1: Oh my goodness, I was listening to it today thinking, fuck me, that was two years ago. We're like, yeah, we're in the process of producing this. Uh, (laughs) Actually, you know what? I think what we say is we just need to finish writing it and then we'll produce it. But we'll produce it in no time. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, We did finish writing it. Yeah. Yeah. One step at a time.
0: Yep, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. That's right. That's what we're finding. (laughs) Right, so until then, until one of those many thens, where can we be found online, Leon, what about
1: you? Well, I'm I'm still available on Twitter, at least for chat purposes. Reach out to me, I'm at Ponkin, P-O-N-K-E-N. If you high-five me, I will high-five you right back, but please don't expect me to tweet particularly often.
0: <laughs> and I can be found at whobackwhen at gmail.com <laughs> <laughs> That's right, if you send an email to that, it goes
1: to all of us collectively. You can also reach out to us collectively at, at whobackwhen, all in one word, on Twitter. Yes,
0: Yeah. although you're going to have to forward that on to me because I'm not there yeah yeah likewise the emails <laughs> <laughs> okay well thank you so much podcast land you've been a lovely audience Ooh, hi. thanks to those of you who stuck around <laughs> until next time be rad and excellent to each other and bye bye <laughs> yeah 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 uh, rock on see you on the
1: flippity flop chao ciao. did you enjoy the show then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when tell your friends but I've got no friends no problem tell some strangers hey